Amen. If you're happy to be here, somebody say amen. amen. All right. You know, I was thinking last night when I was reading through the message, it's like, uh, I don't do quiet or slow real good. And uh, I'm not going to apologize for that either. Just, I get excited about what God's going to do. I say that every week because I am. I don't think that church is a place, that's my opinion, to come to just sit on the sidelines. I think it's a place to get recharged, uh, amen, for the week and what God has for us. And not just only today, but especially today, um, to come in and feed on God's word. So everybody good with that? Everybody excited, right? Both of you. Everybody's excited. There you go. You know what? I tell you, everybody needs a cheerleader, and that sounds good there. But I tell you, uh, today, we're going to be talking about building bridges. Anybody know anything about building bridges? Yeah. Good deal. Anybody know anything about burning bridges? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody know anything about building walls? Yeah. See, see we, we, we're going to talk about it all today. But I tell you what, we really want to focus on building bridges. And I was thinking, you know, there's so many different kinds of bridges in the world, you know, wooden and stone and steel. And, and, you know, some are small, some are massive, but, but they all have the same function. They span that chasm, man. They make it possible for someone to pass from point A to point B. And, you know, even where we live with the short distance around here, you got what? The James River Bridge. You got the Coleman Bridge. You got the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. And all those places around here. And I said, man, each of those bring us to a different place with different opportunities. How many people like opportunities? How many people like change? So you can't have it both ways. <laughs> to me, I wish I had some opportunity, but I don't want to change nothing, you know. But so a lot of times in, with opportunity, there are changes, you know, um, but we got to move forward, you know. And, and that's the thing I see that I, I tell my, my kids and stuff, and stuff sometimes. A guy told me one time I was working with him. He said, you know, my granddad used to say, have this saying. He said, nothing comes to sleepers but dreams. And I was working. I said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, think about it. He says, if, if, if all you do is sleep and all you do is just put it, that's it's only going to be a dream. But when you go and ignite your faith and you move forward, guess what? It starts to become a reality. And so I pray today as we look at building bridges that this becomes a reality in your life of who God wants you to be a build bridger. A, say that again. A bridge builder. <laughs> but that's, a, that's what I hope we see today, that there's so many opportunities right here in our own home base and so many opportunities throughout around the world. So let's take a look at this. I want to read the scripture for today. I hope you guys got your Bibles. If not, pretty much got everything up here today. But I love this verse, Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. See, a good, build, a good bridge builder, I'm going to get that straight. I keep going backwards. A good bridge builder have a good vision. And I hope that we get the vision today to be that bridge builder of extending God's love, extending God's hope, and reaching out to people that may be lost, right? But what about the people that already know the Lord? We can still reach out to them. Anybody get wounded sometimes? Yeah. We can still reach out to do that. You know, I don't think we intentionally do that or, or whatever, but we can come alongside. So let's take a look at that. But I said, you know, today we're looking at as believers in Christ to be the bridge builders to extend the hope of Christ to others. I say, in the world today, there's still a great chasm still to be bridged. I was talking to a young guy this week. How many people make the most of every opportunity to share Jesus with the world? I think you do. You probably don't even realize it sometimes. I don't care if I'm paying for gas. I don't care if they're wrenching on my leg in physical therapy. I don't really, it doesn't matter. Because if I see a window to share Jesus, I'm going to share Jesus. So I went and got some gas the other day. Actually, I went and paid for gas to put in Jesse's car now that he's driving. But that's all right because I got chauffeured around, so it's good. And I, I will tell you this. He does really good. 
but you will be riding. You ain't about to be walking by faith, but you will be riding by faith. And I said, I know that you know you're going to stop, but I might not know you're going to stop. <laughs> so do me a favor. Let's start stopping early. That's good. You know what I mean? That's not a bad thing. You know, and, and, and now, you know what's happening? And he drives like every day for the last few weeks, and he really does really well. But I find myself when I'm riding with Denise, I'm still coaching. And with Thomas, I'm still coaching. Like, sit down. You know, I was like, okay, we're coming up on this turn. We're coming up on this turn. We need to, okay, you got the signal on? And Denise is like, you better stop, you know? But you, you get in that mode sometimes, right? Because you want the best for them. You want to make sure we're safe. We don't want to take anybody out either along the way. So, you know, but when I'm talking to people, it's the same way. When, when we get in that mode of sharing our faith, do we, do we keep getting with it, you know? Sometimes we get out of that groove. And today, I hope that today's message will put us back in that groove of sharing our faith. Amen. We can always uh, take a little bit of time to share some faith. So I went, paid for some gas the other day. And y'all seen me do it probably a hundred times. I get a, a crisp one dollar bill. You know, I got to rip it up and t- share the gospel. And I was sharing the message of Christ with this young boy. And I asked the question that I often ask all the time. I said, man, if you died today, today do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? And I get, yeah, I don't know. I said, yeah. I said, does that concern you? He goes, yeah, I guess. And I thought, wow, you know, we, we have gotten so desensitized. I might have been that same guy years back. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not picking at people. I'm just showing you there's an urgency. That's what I hope you take away from this. And I thought, man. So I, I began to tell him about the love of Christ and everything else. And, and you know, while I'm, I'm sharing this message, God's really sharing a message through us. That's what I want you to see today. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just tell them what God's doing in your life. You don't have to beat anybody down. You can just love them where they're at. So we're going to share with this young fellow about the love of Christ and everything else. I said, does that make sense to you? And he goes, yeah, dude, it really does. And I thought, that's good. Okay. And I don't care how late. I'll, I'll meet you right where you are. And so I give him all the pieces of the puzzle. I'm not a guy that's going to put you in a headlock and say, say Jesus, you know, uncle, uncle. But I tell you what, I want them to be in, and I was that guy at one time, I'll just tell you that. <laughs> Probably not the best way to do it. But as you go by, you just say, you know, hey, look, man, I just want to tell you how much God loves you and share a few things. And I, and I tell him this, I said, man, you got all the pieces of the puzzle. Don't let the, the sun go down without calling on the name of Jesus tonight. Appreciate your time. Thanks, man, for letting me talk to you about that. Just planting that seed, building that bridge, amen? So another opportunity, you know, throughout the week, is uh, been going to physical therapy and stuff. And uh, they're wrenching on you and they're doing different things and all that stuff. And I can tell you, I felt very, very blessed because I tell you, um, there's a lot of people go through a lot of stuff worse than, than what I do or you do or whatever. You don't have to look far to see. And you try to reach out and be compassionate and reach out a little bit more. Well, when I was there, I must have one of those faces or one of those mouths that people recognize. Because there was a lady over there and she goes, hey, I go, how you doing? She goes, I remember you. I thought, oh, my goodness. I'm thinking, how do I remember? How do I remember? She said, when I had my other knee, she had two knees done. And she said, you were asking me questions about it. How's your knee doing? I said, good. I said, well, what did you do to your shoulder? <laughs> she said, I'm getting a total rebuild, piece by piece. <laughs> she had both knees done. Now it's her arm. You know, I thought, but she had the best attitude. And, and she actually lived out of town. She comes to this area to have the surgery done. But I said, I said, it looks like the Lord's really just bringing you back around real fast. And she was so quick to give the Lord the glory. 
You know, I, I love that when I hear people say, I tell you what, honey, the Lord's been good to me. She's stretching that arm up here and everything else. And then she walks by and she says, looks like you're in the club. I said, I'm in the club. She said, got the same mark on your knee. <laughs> I said, yes, I do. I'm in the club. Right? So then I go over and I have another muscle guy. I thought, boy, if you wrench on my leg, man, you might have to pray real heavy. You know, so he, gets to me, he says, hey, look, are you ready to, ready to really get some more movement on that leg? And I go, yeah. You know what? Yeah, sure. He says, I'm one of the best at getting, getting more out of people. I thought, oh, I hope they don't know I'm a preacher in here. This might not be pretty. <laughs> so, no, I'm teasing. So he gets in there and he's working on my leg and he's doing this. And, and, and I'm thinking, I want to share some Jesus, but I'm just trying to breathe right now, you know? Everything else. So I get to talking to the guy. I said, man, it looks like you really enjoy your work. Loving him right where he is. Yeah. I said, um, you got a family? He goes, yeah. And I said, yeah, I got two boys and this, that, and that. One's 23 and one's 15. Oh. He's got two girls. One eight and one two. And he, he stops everything. He says, do you got any tips? And I'm thinking, I don't have girls. <laughs> you know, but I got some tips. And I said, man, here's a universal tip. For raising kids. And I don't know it all, but I will tell you this. Encourage them, love them, and build a strong foundation in Jesus. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're a Bible Sunday school teacher, uh, a Jesus-loving high school girl. We're all going to have tests. We're all going to have things come up in our life. And I pray that you know what? That moms and dads are building those bridges and anchors of hope in Christ. Because I tell you what. If we don't, who's going to do it? I mean, that's our deal. That is our deal. You know, I've heard this, and this is not in my notes, but I was just thinking about different conversations that I've had with people. And, and I, I've, I've talked to people, and this is kind of interesting. I talked to a guy one time, and he says, Ben, we need to come to your church. I said, well, the door's always open. And he says, yeah. He says, well, you know, I'm a believer. I said, that's good. He said, my wife is not. I said, that's not good. <laughs> and he says, my daughter is getting to the age where... She needs to know the deal. I'm still waiting for him to come here by the chance, and I'm not picking on anybody. And I thought, and he said, but, you know, I, I, you know, we, we've been kind of parenting in the style of, you know, letting them kind of figure things out on their own. And I thought to myself, where does the Bible say that? But I didn't want to beat the guy out where he was. And he kept talking about, and I said, well, what does your wife believe? He says, well, I'm, I'm not really sure. It's probably a good thing to know what your spouse believes. Especially maybe even before you get married. Just saying, right? Because, you know, when I uh, counsel people to, that are getting married and things like that, I always say, well, you know, where is God at in your life? You know, is he in the center? You know, the, the old picture of God's here and you're growing, you're kind of going like, a, like a, a triangle and you're getting closer and closer and closer. As you get closer to God, you get closer to each other. But a lot of times people just think now, now folks have been married for a while or been in relationships for a while. Isn't it amazing how things start out so lovey-dovey? Yeah. And then you got laundry and bills and grass to cut and everything. And then you find out that it's going to be a little bit more than all the pretty stuff, right? It's going to be the heart stuff. Do you, what's going on? What is the core of this whole thing? And that's what I'm saying. That foundation of Christ is what's going to carry you. I go back to that relationship when I was talking to my, my buddy and I said, I said, so you're a believer, right? He goes, yeah. You used to go to church all the time. I said, yeah. I said, so you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of, son of God? Yeah. Said, yeah. So that's pretty important, right? Well, yeah. Well, if it's that important, I didn't say that. I thought to myself, if it's that important, why would you not tell your daughter? 
Why would you leave it up to the world? Why would you leave it up to school, TV, YouTube, or whatever for them to pick and choose? And that, that concerns me. You know, every now and then I hear that and I go, wow, more so than just this one person. I've talked to different people at times, and maybe you guys have to. Well, you know, I don't want to, I want them to be able to choose for themselves. Well, I don't know about you. I'm very thankful that, that people that love me in my life will show me the right way and put that in front of me and guide me to the best choice. Not just go, yeah, whatever. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. As believers in Christ and as the church, I think a lot of times we get that same lackadaisical thought process and go, well, you know, you know, I, I invited them to church and this, that, and nothing. Now, again, I know that we can't wrestle them and tackle them and everything else. But I just want to say today as we go into this message, man, be encouraged to be a build, bridge builder of hope in people's life. Give them the pieces of the puzzle. You know, a lot of times you, you can't make a good decision if you don't have good information. You know what I mean? So how can we as the body of Christ give people good information? We can point them to Jesus. We can invite them, we can invite them to uh, church or anything else. But I want, us, I want us to know that, you know what, and we can pray for folks. Now, I was thinking about this, and they're probably ahead of the game. Everybody close your eyes for five seconds, and I want to ask you this question. Think of somebody that you know that needs Jesus that is close to you. Think about it. And, I, and there's probably tons of them. Maybe it's that family member. Maybe it's the neighbor. Think of, maybe it's somebody that you've met at the store. Whoever it is. Do you know their name? And if you know their name, I want to challenge you this week. Every time you pray, Lord, I'm praying that you will put people in that person's life so that they can find Jesus. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's not you. But you know what? Make it a priority to pray for that person. Think about that. Can you imagine living your whole life? Say you live 80 years, 90 years, 120 years, whatever the case is or whatever. Wouldn't it be great to be a part of leading at least one person to God at least one but there's no limit there's no cap okay so I just want while you're thinking about that you can open your eyes and we'll, we'll continue on but I wanted to just kind of still our hearts and, and find that person there may be there may be a whole family but whatever or whoever that person is I want to encourage us whoever that is pray for them daily and say you know what Lord I know your word will not come back to me and I'm lifting this person up, Lord. Use me to be a vessel, you know, to, to bridge that gap any way that I can. But also, Lord, maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a card. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's a devotion. Maybe it's a CD that we pass out. I don't know. But, Lord, use me in a mighty way so that person can cross over that chasm from death to life and know Jesus. And that's what this message is all about today. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Here's the vision for us, okay? As Christians, man, we want to make sure that as many people that we can reach for Christ, we can reach them any way we can. You know, we, we put stuff on the website. We got stuff on the phone. We've got books. We got CDs. Again, any of these things that we have here are, are for you to use, to encourage you, to build your faith, but also to use that as an opportunity to reach others for Christ. Amen. So I want us today to get this in our hearts. Be a bridge builder, not a wall builder. Amen. Let's keep on going. So who needs a bridge? And that sounds pretty easy, right? We know everybody needs a bridge. You know what exactly what we're talking about. But also, look at this. The lost need a bridge. 
And I said, I know that seems straightforward, but here's the thing. In my conversations and maybe with some of the folks that you guys talked to over the years, I said, the lost don't even know they need a bridge. I didn't know I needed a bridge. Well, maybe I did. I, didn't, I just didn't know how to find the bridge. I knew that God was out there and I was here. And I knew there was a great chasm between me and God. But I didn't know that the love of the Lord built a bridge to get to me. I didn't understand that. I, di- I didn't understand that. But it took somebody coming outside the walls of church to tell me that. Now, I might have heard it, but I didn't grab it. I, I, you know, how many times do you have to hear something before you go, wow, wow, really, I need that. You know, sometimes it's over and over. It might sound redundant that, you know, at the end we always give an opportunity for people to come to Christ. Well, guess what? We're still going to do that because I cannot tell you how many people I've talked to. I've had people sit in church for 30 years and come and be here a couple of weeks or whatever. And they go, oh, my gosh, I just heard a message. Isn't that amazing? We cannot afford to risk somebody not knowing Jesus. I don't want that on my watch. How about y'all? Can you imagine that? You stand before the Lord and I don't know exactly how it would be. But I just, well, you know, um, you had the opportunity to preach every week and you told him I was a nice guy, but you never told him how to get here. Man, can you imagine me saying, hey, look, I'm going to have a party today at my house. Want everybody to come, blah, blah, blah. Pick a time. Four o'clock. Come on over. And I get ready to leave and I never told you how to get there. Some may know, some may not. You know, we could talk about God and never tell people how to get to him. I want people to know that there's a bridge and his name is Jesus. Amen. And I want them to understand he's the only way. That's the whole deal. You know, but a lot of times people say, you love preaching on evangelism message. Absolutely. I want to encourage people and everything else. But if you have not received Jesus, guess what? Those promises are not for you. Got a funeral today, remember? It's a great opportunity for people to hear the word. It's a great opportunity to rejoice because our loved one knew the Lord. Now we're going to hurt Right? But we're going to come through the other side because we know that God's promises are for his children. Amen. And we know when we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. And even if we leave this world, which we feel is way too soon, we have confidence in Christ, knowing that we'll see our loved ones again when we put our faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask you, hands, how many people have lost a loved one? Everybody. Doesn't it make all the difference in the world to know if your loved one knows the Lord? All the difference. All the difference. Do we still hurt? Yeah. Absolutely. Yesterday was my dad's birthday. Would have been my dad's birthday. Been gone four years. And I'm okay. Because I thought, man, you know what? I wonder what type of chewing tobacco you're chewing in heaven. Just little silly stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because I know that he's not suffering anymore. I know that he's not dealing with any more pain. All this thing. And I thought, man, how many times do you think, man, if I could just talk to him one more time? One more time. But the good news is this. I can say this. When I talk to my family, my friends, or whatever like that, I always try to make sure they know this. Love you. Love you. Love you. If that was the last thing that you said to somebody, what would it be? I know we have arguments. I know we have things like that. But hopefully... We can come to a point in our, in our life that you know what the last thing we say is I love you. I forgive you. You know, whatever the case. But let's keep moving on. But there's so many people that are lost that don't even know. Well, let's talk about that. I got some scripture for this. I hope you guys can see that. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. 
They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, look at this. I said, see, Satan, the God of this world, notice it had a little G because there's only one true God and his name is Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And let's keep going here. It says, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. I said, man, I, I, I tell you, I'm pretty diligent about sharing my faith. And, and I don't say that because I'm anybody different than anything else. You, you ever notice when you've been saved from a lot or when you've been blessed uh, or pulled out of something? You're very grateful. I'm very grateful. I'm Mr. Happy when it comes to knowing that I'm saved. Because for 30 years, I was not saved. And let me tell you, I thought I had it all figured out, and I knew nothing. And there's still a lot that I don't know. But I tell you what I do know, and I tell you who I do know. His name is Jesus. And it is finished. And I tell you what, if you grab that in your hearts, that will encourage you. But I'm looking at this as, as we go along, and I thought, man, there's never been a time in my life that, that this word has been so universal. You ready for it? You ready? Whatever. Whatever. You're trying to talk to somebody and you're trying to get something across to them and they go, yeah, whatever. Oh, come on now. And, and it doesn't have to be necessarily the younger folks, but it is a lot of the younger, whatever. You know, what does it they talk to the hand? You know, it doesn't, it's like, do you understand that I'm trying to share something with you that will transform your life? Do you understand that this will change everything in your life? And they go, yeah, whatever. I don't have time for it. You know, man. There will be a day that you have time for it. And I hope that you still have time to make the decision to call on the name of Jesus. See, you know, I, I think back this, when I say this, I think about this young kid that I was witnessing to one day. He had so much on the ball. He was a good worker. He was an apprentice. He was doing all these things. And I shared my faith with him. And I tell you this every now and then because it just burdens my heart. And he goes, Mr. Buddy, I'm glad that that's what you believe. And I appreciate that. But right now, I'm doing what I want to do. And maybe one day... Maybe I'll, I'll take you up on that. And y'all heard me say, I said, man, you know, I do a lot of funerals. And they're not all young, not old people. Yeah, I know, but, you know, there's too many things I want to do. Really? Well, I can tell you this. The things that I've done and the things that I do and the things that I've done with Christ in my life, things versus I did without Christ, I'll go with Jesus. How about you? You know? And I still choose poor sometimes. How about y'all? Just being honest. But I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, when I go, everything's stripped away. I go, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you would still take me back. Even though I walk away, you never walk away. See, that's the confidence in Christ. And if you don't read the word and continue to feed on the word, the enemy will come in line and go, look, you're out. That's not what God says. He says, you're mine. Let's keep on moving a little bit more. Now, talking about sharing our faith, I mentioned this before. And um, there was a guy named Bill Bright many years, uh, Bill Bright. And many years ago, he did a thing called uh, Campus Crusade. Started a lot of stuff ministering through uh, the colleges and stuff. And one of the things he would ask on a regular basis is he, he did big crowd, small crowd. And he, and he did this for years. He says, how many people share your faith on a regular basis? And he found, you ready for this? Out of years of taking this information, about 2%, about 2% were shared their faith. So if you've got 100 people, there's 98 people not sharing their faith, okay? Now listen to this. I reached out this the other day, and it hasn't changed much. Do you realize this? Every day, 
150,000 people died. 150,000 people. Now, Tim, I don't know if you got your calculator, but you can double check me. If you divide that out, I think that comes out to about 6,250 people an hour die. So while we're here for this hour, 6,250 people will pass away. And many of them never heard the gospel. We got work to do. Amen. Now we're doing our part. But you know what? What else can, what else can we do to be a blessing? Share that good news. You know, that's, that's a lot of people passing away every day. This should create an urgency in us sharing our faith. And so today, let's build some bridges, amen? Let's build some bridges. Let's keep on going. Who else needs a bridge? I said the disconnected believer needs a bridge. See, a lot of times we forget about the believer. Because didn't I just say we have some tough time, right? I didn't say he's not saved anymore. I said he's disconnected. Maybe he's having a tough time. Maybe she's having a tough time. And I look at this. I said, you know what? They may need that bridge of compassion, that bridge of grace, because we all can get overwhelmed in life. Has there ever been a time in your life that you really question what you believe? You believe it. You know you believe it. But man, when it hits, when, that, when you get that phone call, when you lose that job, when that child is sick, when that parent is gone, it rocks the very core of what you believe. You go, wow. And you may not understand everything, but I'm going to tell you what. The sooner you settle that in your heart, the sooner you'll be getting back up. I pray that that's already settled in your life. But I'm going to tell you, you may think it's settled. All right. But be advised. When those storms come in your life, there will be testing. There will be time. And you better know. You better know. And you know how you know? You continue in growing in the Lord. And I tell you what's so awesome is this. I know for me, the best way for me to really keep my grounded, one is prayer time, praise, and reading the word. But counting my blessings. Counting my blessings. You start looking around. Now, I tell you what. If you want to find somebody to come alongside of you when you're singing the blues, you can probably get a whole choir. I can't believe my dog run off. My cat's got a cold. You know, everything else or whatever. And they'll go, yeah, you know, me too. But if you can find you a friend or friends or a church family that'll come alongside and stand with you and say, hey, I know that this is a tough time. I know that this is going on. I want to tell you what, you remember? We made it through this. We made it through that. Now, tomorrow will be one month on my knee. I'm going back to work and getting with the program. And I can honestly say I have been very blessed. And out of 30 days, I probably had three rough days. My wife has had 29 rough days. <laughs> probably so. You know, she said, when are you going back? You know? And I tried to be nice. But when you don't feel good, you don't, you're not nice. She said, your temper is short. I go, no, it's not. Why are you picking at me? Yeah, right? To the point of going, I'm calling Ty and Tim to take me away from here. Come get me. Early, they're going, uh, what's up? I need to get out of the house. I don't do good with medicine, let me tell you. I really don't. I say all this because overall, that was really nothing. But you know what kept me going through that? I had to keep telling myself this. 
This is only a, a short window. You're going to be better, man. It's gonna, this is all for the good. I had to keep hope in my heart. I had to keep listening to the word. I had to keep saying, now, wait a minute. I know God ain't going to leave me out here. Wait a minute. I, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better than what I was. That's what his word says. This is what's going on. And the lady at therapy, she's had like 10 times of surgery. And she's smiling. What's your problem, boy? See, I start focusing on me. But when I start focusing on he, things start to change. Does that mean it's instantly I'm sleeping like a baby? One night I stayed up all night. And it was so bad I stayed up another night. I slept in Thomas's old room. And on the second night, I don't know why, but I went in there. Shook Denise and I said, hey, I know you can't do anything about it, <laughs> but I can't sleep. She goes, what? I said, are you awake now? She goes, yeah. I said, do something. I said, rub my leg or do something. She goes, every time I touch your leg, you yell. Well, rub the other leg. I mean, I, I, no sleep. I'm just acting like a fool, man. And she's going, what are you doing? I was like, I just, I just, I just don't know. You need some rest, right? Let me tell you, when I finally did conk out, I was Mr. Lovable. When I came back around, I go, baby, I'm, free. I'm sorry I woke you up like that. She's just like, who are you? Back away, you know? But I, I say those things because it's real life. I don't stand up here and go, oh, I've never been through this and that. And I've not been through a lot of things that you guys have. But when I look through these things, I try to tell you what Lord showed me to offer you hope to build that bridge to come out the other side. Was there a rough couple of days? Yeah. But there's a whole lot more better days coming. Amen. Amen? We got to keep looking to that. I know, you know, a lot of times, but this, this is funny too. While I was off, I'd get calls and stuff. Man, everybody was great. But I would get a few people say, well, why are you off? How about checking on this? And I'm thinking, I'm not sitting here eating candy. You know, I'm moving my leg. I'm doing this. I'm arguing with my wife and all those things that people don't think you do. Yeah, you do. You know? And nothing is good on TV after like 2 o'clock. Tattoo wars. Things like I'm thinking, this ought to put anybody to sleep, right? And I'm listening to preaching. I'm listening to all these different things, right? But I was just getting so overwhelmed because, you know what? I felt disconnected. I knew the Lord hadn't left me. I knew that he's the same yesterday and today forever. But I don't feel like that right now. You ever feel like that? That's when you have to push through that. And it don't matter how I feel. That's what his word said. And that's what had to happen. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to eventually. I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to eventually fall asleep. You got to fall asleep sometime. I've never heard anybody being up for, you know, 27 years. So I figured sooner or later I'm going to clunk out, you know. And I start, so, so I start reasoning these things, you know. And I start thinking, well, what, well, wait a minute. I had this done and this done and this one. I saw God move in this. See, I was recounting my blessings. I was going back to the promises of God. And I start thinking, right? I'm on the couch about 2.30 in the morning and going, I, I, I'm sitting there, you know, I said, but I felt so much better last week, I don't understand. There was still medicine in your body last week, right? When all that wears off and you think, I'm good. No, you're not good. And all of a sudden, while I'm sitting there praying and thinking and doing all these things and talking to the Lord, this light went off. You ready? You had major surgery. 
Now, I know that sounds silly, but when they put you in real fast and you come in, you say, oh, man, this is great. And I go, they cut my leg off and they put it back together. Fear started gripping me, man. Fear, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I said, stop it. Just like that. I said, I'm not going down that road. I went, turned the TV off, boom, put on the word. I started listening and listening and listening and listening and listening and listening and listening. I would go to sleep with listening to God's promises. And let me tell you, every day, God filled me up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Now, I know that was a long, drawn-out story to tell you, feed on the word of God. But I'm going to tell you, that's exactly the process. I didn't want to leave anything out because it wasn't like, oh, I just started reading the word and I was great. No, I had to make it a priority. I had to believe in that. Am I a believer? Absolutely. Do I, do I feel rough sometimes? Absolutely. How about you? God never changes. Never changes. Let's look at somebody else who needs a bridge. How about the hurting church member needs a bridge? Huh? We, we look over that sometimes. We look over and say, well, there's somebody out in the street and they've got this going on and all that. There's people that are wounded sitting right here. And, and I don't want to miss that. And I know that, that, you know, some people don't share everything and that's okay. But I want to tell you what. Everybody needs a bridge of compassion, a bridge of grace, a bridge of mercy. And I just wrote a few things down here. And I, and I thought, you know what? We live in a real world, not a fantasy island. I said, in the real world, people get hurt, whether it's intended, intentional or not. I don't think we intentionally go out to hurt people. But you know what? It happens. I said, sometimes the hurt keeps people from moving forward. Boom. Let's just shut the door. I don't want to go back to church no more. I don't want to read my Bible anymore. That's the enemy lying to you. Okay? If he can keep you separated, he'll pounce on you. But if he can bring you in where you can continue to grow in the Lord, let me tell you right there, that will make all the difference. I said, that hurt becomes a chasm that must be crossed. You ever had somebody and you say, look, man, you just got to take this step. We got to move forward. You, You can't keep rehearsing this hurt. But you know, you might be able to help them and you might be able to speak into their life. But ultimately, they got to make the decision. But you can give them all the pieces of the puzzle. Amen. You can bring them all the pieces of the puzzle. I love this here. I said they need a bridge to help them get over it and get on with their life to serve the Lord. Romans 12, 10. I don't have it up there, but let me just read it to you. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. It doesn't hurt to be a good friend. Amen. We just need to reach out. I pray that the Lord will help us be that listener. Be that one that can encourage. I'm not saying being a footstool or or a doormat. But Lord, help us to be that person to bridge the gap. Let's keep on rolling. Pick up speed a little bit. So we're talking about reaching out, right? Look at this. I said, how did you hear about Christ? I want to ask people here. How how did you hear about Christ? Anybody? Somebody. Somebody tell me how they heard Thomas. Yeah. Thomas was about five years old. We were going to church and there was a man that did a lot of uh, illusions and he would tie a lot of the, the, the uh, gospel message and he just got it. Anybody else? Come on, somebody share with me. How did that, do you remember when you first, grandmama? Well, went to church a lot, but uh, didn't really hear the Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know what kind of ministry came, the ones that were really tuned into the Lord. 
So you have been going to church right along. Y'all hear that? Going to church right along, reading your Bible, everything else. God's planting those seeds, planting those seeds. And then one day, boom, I need Jesus. Yeah, Holy Spirit is working all those things together. Just like I say, that's why we continue to preach every week, every week, all the time. All right. Anybody else? Jeff? You. Me? Yeah. Praise God. Yes, Amen. It's, it's, it's nice to have a big mouth buddy sometime. In it. That's good. That God gets the glory. That God gets the glory. And everybody has their story. You know what I mean? And none is better than the other because it's all good when it's all God. So, you know, you think about it, how did you hear about it? So maybe you could use that same way of sharing your faith. And maybe it's something totally different. But you know what? We could still be a person that's building the bridges. All right? So we need to extend the bridge. I said we need to be a Christ-sharing church. And that happens one person at a time. Invite, reach out, and encourage. You know what I think from doing ministry the last 17, 18 years? This, this is what I, I believe. I think one of the number one things, this is just what I'm thinking of, that might keep people away is, is that they don't see our joy. Amen? Are we really filled with joy as Christians? I mean, at times, well, now don't get me wrong. I know you don't, you know, hey, man, the car just ran over my foot. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, if we respond like the world responds to things, they don't see much difference. I know we missed the mark. I'll be the first one to tell you. But why should I want what you have if you got a lip hanging down to your shins? You're telling me about this amazing God. You're telling me about how God's taking care of this and all this. And then somebody took your parking spot and you got a shovel up. Do we really display the joy of the Lord. I'm not talking about phony stuff. I'm not talking about laughing and giggling. I'm not talking about not caring. I'm talking about their deep-rooted joy in the Lord. Do people see that in your life? And if they don't, why not? Because we do have a season of hurt and things like that. But Lord, help us to not only, I'm not so much talking about displaying it, because if you got it, it's going to be displayed. It's going to be displayed. You're not going to sit there, oh man, I really want to be joyous today, but I don't want to. If the joy of the Lord is, is, is percolating in your heart, it's going to come out. So how do we continue to feed on that? We need to count the promises of God. We need to look at the promises of God. We need to look at what God's brought us through. Amen. And I'll tell you something else about that. Kindness is a great source. Have you ever seen somebody that's just really been kind to you? It changes everything. Have you ever noticed somebody can still be rough around the edges, but they, they have this random act of kindness, and you go, wow, I didn't even see that coming, you know? I've had some guys in my life that were mean, tough. You would never, I mean, you think if you were down, they would just step on your back and keep going. And some of those guys, I don't know, have been, some of those guys have been folks who come along and go, hey, man, yeah. What's going on? Take a few minutes. You know? Sometimes it's, a, it's your best friend. Over and over and over. You know? And, and, and you know what? We don't want to miss out on that. But kindness comes from the Lord. 
the joy of the Lord that he plants in you, man, share it with others. Don't, don't sit there and go, oh, man, why? I mean, can you imagine coming in here and I go, okay, I'll open your Bibles and let's read this and looking at my watch and all this here. You know, okay, y'all just try to make it on through this week. Lord help you. <laughs> Had to be a little rough, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I tell you what. Yeah. Yeah, no. Can you believe that? A lot of people are ruled by fear, man. It'll put you down. It'll put you down. I look at different things. I say, Christ is coming back. These things are going to happen. Everything else. Well, everything I read, we're going out on the first load, right? Now, I think we will go through some tough times. Things are changing all the time. They go, what are you going to do, man, if the stock market crashes? I go, I don't have that much money in there anyway. What are you going to do? I say, Grandmama's got a cupboard with a whole lot of stuff. I'm going to her out. You know, what are you going to do about this? What do you... you try to prepare. Do the best you can. But I'm not going to waste away all my today worrying about tomorrow. Amen. I refuse. I see people that go and they, they look old at a young age because they're worried about what it should have, could have, what if. Man, can you imagine that? I don't want to miss out on my kids doing stuff and doing things now. That's one reason I said, man, I got to get this stuff done while I can still probably get a chance of beating Jesse at basketball. Because right now he's killing me, right? But yesterday I did pretty good. I want to do some stuff with my babies, you know? I want to play. I want to have fun. I want, man, when they put this old body in the ground, he didn't leave much left, did he? I want to enjoy this life that God prayed, paid such a price. That don't mean I want to be reckless. That don't mean I don't care about you. That doesn't mean, it, it, what it really means is I do care about you. Because what I want to be able to do is to have this little chunky boy, buddy's life to make a difference in yours and in theirs and in theirs. Right? Isn't that something? I want to look back, you know, I, I would just pray, man, at the time come to go, you know what? He had a lot of different things going on in his life, but you know what? He shared Jesus with anybody. Don't care. Don't matter. Don't care if you're Muslim, from Phoebus, from Buck Row, from where. I don't care. Don't care if we're in the hospital. Don't care if we're in the drive-thru. Don't care wherever. Wherever I get an opportunity. Because that's something I know that is, out of all the stuff I know, which ain't much, that's the one thing I do know. That right there. Is better than anything I could ever do for anybody. Anything. And you know what? I didn't even do it. I'm just telling them about what God did. Think about that. Think about how can you be a blessing? Share kindness and, and, and watch how God will do that. Well, look at this. It goes right hand in hand. Telling your story can bring honor to God. Amen. Now, you ever had anybody tell a testimony? They say a testimony should take about two minutes. You talk about where you were. You talk about God coming in your life and where you're at now. I went one time and a buddy of mine told, was sharing his testimony. And he told about everything just short of him being an axe murderer. You know, just everything. Oh, this, this, this. And he said, yeah, God came into my life. I'm okay now. Okay. Let's focus on what God did. Not what you've been, you know, the, the stuff. See, a lot of times we want to take credit for what God's doing. God did it. You know? And I think this is the thing. When we go through life, I say, you know what, man? This is the deal. That... I was lost in my sin. If I was to die, I would not go to heaven prior to coming to Christ. There's only one way to come to Christ. And that shocking truth, when it gets a hold of you, you go, you mean, in my life, because in my mind, I really believe that I came to the understanding of really who Jesus was as much as I can, because we're really going to see him in a new light with our new bodies. But right now, when I was about 30 years old, 
I had a lot of bumps and bruises from zero to 30. I'm telling you. And I thought, my gosh, Lord, you're so merciful. You're so gracious that you would continue to just love me through all that. And Lord, you still love me now. Even now. Man, that's the power of God. That is the love of God right there. And you know what? When we tell that story, it's not about us. I can tell you this. I did this and did this and everything else. I can tell you the, the big part is God took me where I was at. How about you? That's what he does. He takes everybody right where they are and loves them right where they are and, and, and woos us to his son. And I said, look at this. I said, you'd be surprised when you honor the Lord who has bought you out of sin, set you in the family of almighty God, how powerful your testimony can be when you are giving God all the credit. That's, that's the whole deal. I said, see, it's when, and this is what we're working on Tuesday night. I said, it's when his story becomes your story. That's what everything changes. When his story becomes my story, when I embrace the cross, when I embrace that I am a sinner that needs a savior and there's only one savior and his name is Jesus. When I come to the point where I go, Jesus, I need you. I need you right here, right now. Everything changed. Did that mean instantly everything got better in my life? I'd say no, but I tell you what did. My destination changed. I knew, and we can know from God's word, that when I take my last breath here, I am guaranteed, sealed with his spirit, it says in Ephesians 1, right? It says nobody can pluck you from God's hand, right? In John 10, right? It says there's no condemnation for those who love Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. See, that's what you got to start listening to. Not, well, you can't make it. You didn't make the cut. See, that's a lie from the enemy. If it don't line up with that word, kick it out. But when we start looking and we start speaking that, everything changes. I, I wrote this down under, under uh, reaching out here on my little handout. I hope you guys got your handout. Take a few notes. I said, don't get stuck in a rut. We need to take chances. We need to help others. We need to run a race that is pleasing to God. Amen. We get way too comfortable. Way too comfortable. I'm going to tell you what, just a real quick story. How we doing? When I first, start, when I first started uh, going to school, terrified of reading. Terrified of reading. They made fun of me. Still don't care about reading too much, but I was like, what I got to say is much more important than what, how people think about it. I get tongue-tied up here sometimes, and I just smile. I said, Lord, fix it before they hear it. I went, even as a, as a grown man, I went back and I got software to help me read faster and better. Just being honest with you. Was not a strong reader. Moderate reader now. That was embarrassing. I couldn't read good. You know? And, and, and the biggest reason I couldn't read good is because I got teased about it. So what did I do? I shut down. Right? I just shut down. I don't do that. I could make a bunch of jokes so you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't tease me, but I still couldn't read good. I could read to myself real good, and I could understand it. And I just hated reading. It started, it started gripping me where I hated reading because, you know what, it made me feel less. But then I start reading God's Word, and I would read it, and I would read it, and I'd start reading it out loud. I'd walk around the house reading God's Word. And I started, and I said, like, wait a minute. That's pretty good. I mean, I would be tickled. I'm married to a school teacher and I'm, having, I'm stumbling over everything, you know? One of the biggest things I didn't realize is this. Let me tell you how this worked out. I want to tell you this story because it's going to help somebody somewhere in their life. 
I've been playing music ever since I could walk. Can't read music or anything else. When uh, I was going through a tough time in my life, I said, I need to do something else productive. And uh, I've always worked two jobs, and I worked this job delivering mattresses for six and a half years, delivering mattresses. And I took this mattress to this older lady, and about, my God, that woman must have been close to 90. And she had arthritis and everything else, and she played the piano. What a godly, amazing woman. And I said, man, you know what? If I could play the piano, I could write more songs. I said, would you teach me to play the piano? She goes, absolutely. So she got me, I, got, I had to get a little book and everything else. And, and she would, she would uh, tell me how to do stuff. But of course, I got to take the shortcuts. I get my guitar, broom, that's a G. I'd figure it out. And I'd figure it out without reading the music. Again, still fighting the reading thing. So I was trying to read the music. And I couldn't read fast enough that I could play it. It would make me so mad. I would take the book and go, boom, take that. She said, if you could read what you could play, your head would blow off your shoulders. My hands were much faster than what I could do. But I'm going to get to this. What was happening was, I didn't even notice. When you're reading, you guys probably know this. When you're reading, I thought you read the word and you do it. You read the word and do it. So every time I would read the word, it would be really choppy. She said, honey, when you're reading this, you're supposed to be out here on the second line. I go, what? You know, probably when y'all read, you're reading and your eyes, my eye doesn't track like that. Nobody told me that. I didn't know that. But I tell you what I did find out. I wasn't going to settle with that. And I went and got a computer program and I kept going and, and it, would, it would color like almost like karaoke and it would color the, the words. And so I start training myself to do that, to read better, to read faster. So now what I can do, I can read like some crazy amount of words um, pretty fast. There's another thing. This is a total side note. Um, there's a thing that I studied on. And this is, so you got to see what I'm saying. Is sometimes you got to do it yourself. You got to, you got to check on stuff, right? You got to see what's going on, what's available out there. Have you ever watched a movie and at the end of the movie, you go 10, 9, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, something like that? They call that flooding. They did a survey on that through John Hopkins stuff. And you can actually read faster like that. So I got software that I could take all my sermon notes and everything, and it'll go like this. I can read almost 500 words a minute like that. I don't know if that's a lot. It's a lot more than I used to. But what I'm saying is this. If I would have let that stop me from walking across my bridge, I would have never been doing this. I would have never been taught. I wouldn't have read this. I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have studied any further anything else. That was the thing. That was my broken piece in the bridge. But God says, you know what, I can work with that. I said, Lord, you called me to preach. I know that. But I can't hardly read. It's not that I don't know. I can't read. I couldn't read fluently. I knew the words. I could read, I could read it silently. But when I would start trying to voice it, everything just did like that. And then God opened up some doors to keep moving me forward. You say, well, buddy, that's real nice. I'm glad you're doing well. The reason I'm telling you that is it might not be reading for you. It might be something else. I'm sure that it's probably something. But I want to tell you what, I was just being really honest. That was very hard for me. And that was very uh, intimidating for me. But you know what? When you get real about stuff, God helped me through that. And I'm still learning things from that. But you know what? I had to reach out to grab out what's available. 
What is it in your life that, that is stopping you to go the extra mile? What is it stopping you from sharing your faith? What is it stopping you for, to, to, to come to the other side of that chasm? Whatever it is, whatever fear that the enemy's placed in your heart, I'm going to tell you God's got a remedy for it. I'm telling you all this for that reason. All this for that reason. I don't know what it is for somebody. But I do know this, that Jesus Christ is the remedy. And I know when we tell the story, that whole story was not about Buddy. It was about how God brought me through something that terrified me. So now it's no big hotcakes. Amen. Last little bit, I'm going to roll out of here. Crossing over, this is what I want you to see. I said, receiving Jesus as your personal Savior. I said, moving from knowing him to knowing him personally. I said, who is that person that bring God, that, that God has put on your mind? Again, I want to go back to what we said. Think about that again, that person that you're going to be praying for all week. Write that person's name down in your journal. That, you know what? I'm going to continue to pray for my son, my daughter, my fill in the blank, and pray over them. Amen? Look at this. I said, keeping our focuses on the promises of God makes all the difference. I had to keep, let me tell you, when I started being able to read a little bit more, you'd have thought I hit the lottery. Because I knew that God was helping me conquer that fear. I was like, man, this is going to be a thing of the past. When I could take an extra step with my leg, when I didn't have to use the crutch anymore, I knew that God was bringing me through the other side. When you know what? When I didn't have any money and now I got enough to get a cheeseburger with extra cheese, that's a good thing. Right? But I can tell you this. When you've been on the other side and you don't know if you can even buy the fries, you appreciate a cheeseburger. Amen? Amen? I'm going to tell you. So whatever you're walking through, look how God can use that to be a bridge builder in your own life. Amen? So here's the question. I give you all these different scenarios and all these different things. What is it that's keeping you from crossing? What is it that's keeping you from crossing? Amen. I want you to think about that. Now, ultimately, we're talking about crossing over and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear that today. That there's one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus. But even for, you know, like we said, what about the believer? What is it that's keeping you from crossing over to the peace, the love, the joy Right? The faithfulness and the grace of God. What is that? And I said, let's lay it down today. I said, you know what? I, I, I thought about this too. I wrote this down last night. I said, you know, people often say the biggest decision you ever make is buying a house. You ever heard of that? People said, what are the biggest decisions? Or they might say picking a spouse. I said, all those are very important. But I said, here it is. Nothing is more important than receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I pray today that something in all the, the message today brings you to that, that building of the bridge, whether it's coming to Christ, whether it's returning to Christ, whether it's leaving your fear behind. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you what I know that God is able. Amen. And I'll leave you with this again. Where there's no vision, the people perish. And I know this. Sometimes it's one step at a time. One step at a time. Sometimes it's one life at a time. But I tell you this, it's always this. It's one God for us all. One true God. And I want to introduce you to him today. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you today that you made a way. You built the bridge so that we could come to you, Lord. I praise you and I thank you. I know today... There's a lot of different stories and a lot of different things, but Lord, I felt led of you to share those, and I pray that you take those 
to squash the fear in my friends and my family today and to know that God is bigger than whatever is trying to rob your joy. So friends, if you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus, let me show you and tell you how from his word. The Bible says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What's keeping you crossing over? Is it self? Is it you thinking that, oh, I, once I finish with this, I'll be good enough. You'll never be good enough. But God's more than enough. And he'll take you where you are. I want you to hear that. That's a freeing thing to know. That Jesus came to rescue us just the way we are. And if you're here today, you say, you know, I understand about being that wounded church member. I understand about being that disconnected believer. Today, come on home. Come on back. Lord, help us to see the signs of your fingerprints and your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap today. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet if you like.